online. Good morning. My name is John Relly. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to be with you this morning as we lead together. This is Destiny. We're going to lead in a couple songs this morning, and uh, someone's going to lead us in communion. I'll have a short sermon uh, in our series on being fully engaged, and there'll be some time for ministry as well. For those of you here, you're welcome to stand with me and pray with me. We have a simple simple way of entering into worship. It's just three words. It's just come Holy Spirit. And that those three words are uh, invitation of our heart to be opened by God for us to submit and surrender and say, Lord, whatever you've got for me, I want. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on at work and relationships, whatever you've got for me, I want. And don't hold back. Come Holy Spirit. It's an agreement that we make with God to welcome him into all of life. That's our mission, to welcome Jesus into all of life. Whatever you've got for us, God, don't hold back. We want more. Come Holy Spirit.
to sing a new song this morning and it's just assigning to God how amazing and great he is and one name holds weight beyond them all so we'll do a few repeats so we can all learn it together <clears throat> lift up our eyes see the king has come lift up our eyes see the king has come Light of the world reaching out for us. There is no other name. There is no other name. Jesus Christ our God. Oh, seated on high, the undefeated one. Mountains bow down as we lift him up. 
continue this worship in the form of communion. worship. Um, we're going to be doing communion, as Destiny mentioned, uh, sometimes referred to as the Lord's Supper. Um, Joyce has a little basket in the back if you haven't grabbed the little single-serving cup of juice and wafer. Um, as we celebrate communion every week here at Mission Vineyard, I um, wanted to encourage you that the different people who are asked to lead uh, do so, um, what they find in Scripture and how Jesus led us to uh, celebrate this, and also Paul in the book of Corinthians, but then also how the Lord has been speaking to us throughout the week. So each, um, so this morning, I would like to just take a moment um, as we celebrate this time of communion to give pause and to do these three simple things. First, we remember Jesus. The song that uh, we were just led in is a great reminder. There is no other name like Jesus. So we remember his life, his death, his resurrection. We think, we maybe think of questions like, how did Jesus live his life? How do I want to model my life like him? And we invite him in to reveal himself to us. Next, we celebrate. We celebrate who Jesus was and who he still is. We celebrate what he's doing in our lives and in our midst. And then third, we reflect. This brief meal is an opportunity for each one of us to just take a moment and pause and talk to Jesus, turn our hearts toward Jesus, our minds toward Jesus. And uh, maybe we'll take a moment, just a second, uh, to uh, reflect together. So, Lord, as I continue to lead in communion, I just pray that you would meet each of us here today. Uh, so we're going to take a moment and just reflect. What is the Lord uh, just showing you right now? Um, are there any places that you've been hiding from him that you want to bring to him? So let's just take this moment to pause and reflect. book of Matthew in chapter 26 during Jesus's last meal with his closest followers the disciples he took bread he gave thanks and broke it he handed it to his disciples and said take this and eat it this is my body let us eat together then he took a cup he gave thanks and handed it to them. He said, all of you drink from it. This is my blood of the covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of many people. Let us drink together. Oh Lord, thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for this time when we can pause and remember, celebrate and reflect who you are in our lives. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and for us, so we could be forgiven and set free. I pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.
taken a moment, we've done communion, and our leader had us at, um, think over and talk to God about our lives. So I just challenge you while we are in that ponderance, just are we exalting him? Let's sing it one more time. And if you feel you can't connect to the words, just be asking him, what does it feel like? What does it look like to be exalting you? Father, we've invited you in this room, and we delight in your presence. Be with us as we continue this service. In your name, amen. Larissa, would you lead us in announcements? Good morning. I think this is on. I don't know. Hopefully, y'all can hear me. Um, so, hi, I'm Larissa, and yes, we have a few announcements um, for today. So, um, firstly, if you are brand new, we have this lovely welcome bag for you. Um, and in it, one thing I wanted to call everyone's attention to is this super cool thing called a mana bag. And this is just to offer to people um, that you might come across while you're driving or going around town um, that might need some of the necessities in there, like um, chapstick and socks and things like that. Um, there's also a um, contact card in here, and if you want to share it, um, you, or share some of your information with us, things like your email address so that you can get um, our weekly newsletter, but also if you're willing to share your um, address, we'd love to get a personal um, message out to you for, from our pastor as well as a Starbucks gift card, so that's always nice. Um, finally, there's uh, also another card that's new, and it's out on the back table, and it is a prayer card, and this is for anybody that wants to share um, a prayer request. You can share it anonymously, but you can also share it with your information if you want someone to follow up with you. Prayer is a really, really important and um, real part of our of our life here, and so we want you to uh, be part of that as you'd like to. Um, we also have Alpha starting, and this is going to be another thing where we can just also welcome Jesus into all of life. You can um, you can come, you can invite your friends, you can invite your neighbor your random coworker that you've started talking to last week, anything like that. Um, and so we have a short video that's going to um, tell us a little more about that. We all have that person in our lives. That neighbor we pass by every day outside our homes. That coworker we see at the office five days a week those friends we catch up with every once in a while. People we wish could know and experience the love of God. 
How do we share it? Where do we even start? Deep inside, we know that it'll cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. It takes time, vulnerability, sacrifice, the risk of rejection. But this is our call, to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. Spaces where people can truly be themselves and explore the deepest parts of life with people they know and trust. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Because when it's hard to find the moment, or the words, or the courage, you can simply invite. Alpha, who will you invite? Um, Alpha is just an opportunity to invite people in your life that... Um, you know, maybe are out there searching that have questions, or if you have questions, um, it's a great time to uh, to ponder that as well. What's up, John? <laughs> mm -hmm. I was kind of trying to like pretend nothing was happening there. Thanks. <laughs> it's just a really good video, I guess. No, definitely. It really is. It really is. Um, it's powerful, so I'm excited about what God's gonna do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it just is. Um, yeah, I I just feel like um, you know, so many of us had have had someone that that was vulnerable enough to to ask us, you know, what's going on, questions, things like that, and um. So I feel like as as people that have gone through that, like it's our I hate like responsibility. It sounds so heavy, but in some ways, like, you know, it's just paying that forward of giving them the, the opportunity and the place to ask questions as well. So So, Jesus, uh, thank you so much that by your Holy Spirit, you uh, inspired people, maybe just like us, maybe they were just as scared as we are, 
Maybe they were just as busy as we are. Maybe they were just as distracted as we are. That at some point, you inspired them to call us, to text us, to knock on our door, to interrupt our lives, and welcome us into your love. God, we thank you that we have been saved by it. I think you should go over the logistics of how to get involved in Alpha. (laughs) Larissa is a logistics freak, so it's a gift of administration. administration. It's a good thing. Logistics freak is a positive thing in my mind. Um, So if you're you're interested in um, becoming involved in Alpha, it's going to be starting a week from today um, at 6.30. A week from this Wednesday. I'm sorry, a week from this Wednesday, yes, a week from this Wednesday, so it's going to be on Wednesdays, February 2nd, 6.30, St. Paul's Episcopal Church, and um, there's going to be childcare, there's going to be dinner, all the things, um, and you don't have to memorize any of that. There is a card back there. There's actually lots of cards back there if you want um, one for yourself, as well as one for um, whoever you'd like to invite, and uh, yeah. So let's just go ahead and um, pray over the message today. Dear God, um, thank you for just uh, interrupting our lives sometimes. Um, And I just pray that today um, this message would just be a good interruption um, of just helping us to learn a little more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Amen. Have you ever been in that situation where you feel so overwhelmed that uh, you don't want to get out of bed? Or you feel so overwhelmed and so anxious that you don't want to go to work? You don't want to have that hard conversation that you know you have to have? Have you ever been so overwhelmed you didn't feel like you had what it takes to do what you needed to do? That is what this series is all about. How to live fully engaged. There is a temptation. There's three that we're going to be focusing on. We started with one last week. Randall did a great job in talking about the temptation that Jesus faced to turn stones into bread, that temptation to be relevant, the temptation to have something that somebody needs. And if you don't have what they need, then why bother showing up? He did a great job talking to us about that. Today, I'm going to talk about a different temptation, the temptation to be spectacular. That's another temptation that Jesus faced, the temptation to walk on tightropes and show people you're awesome And show people you can handle it. And show people that you're amazing and that you're there to save the day. And you are so special, so special that you are needed everywhere. That you must show up spectacular to be welcomed. That God needs you to be the fixed up champion of the world in order to be welcomed into his arms. It is a lie from the pit of hell. 
If there's anything I'd like for you to remember from today, it's that you don't have to be spectacular to be loved. That God loves us and welcomes us into his kingdom work and he does the spectacular. So Lord Jesus, as I speak today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and that uh, whether or not I say anything great, that you would be glorified and that somehow you would whisper amazing things into people's hearts that they are able to take away from your word today, to be filled up, to be drawn closer to you and drawn closer to your mission in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, over and over again in the scriptures, this is Matthew 6, 21, he says, wherever your treasure is, there your, the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. When we are kids, we're often wounded by an amount of different things. And by that wounding, we make meaning from what goes on in our lives. There's different hurts that happen, and those meanings are significant. So, for instance, uh, you can make a meaning that uh, you don't have what it takes because you were cursed at by your parents or somebody closer to you. Uh, you could have been abused physically. There's all kinds of meanings. And so then from that moment, we make a vow. We say, I will never let that happen again. Or I will always show up perfect, no matter what. And from those vows, we set up protective walls in our lives. As we show up as adults, we show up and we wake up and there's an anxiety that we typically feel that we barely know exists that says, I'm not good enough, or God doesn't love me, or I must behave in a certain way in order to be accepted, or whatever. What we don't realize is that those are our agreements. Those aren't agreements that we make with people in our past. They're not agreements that we make with the people that we hurt or that have hurt us. They're not agreements with anyone except for the enemy of our soul, Satan himself. We make an agreement with Satan that says, you're right. I'm not safe, I'm not loved, I'm not worthy, I don't have what it takes. And we begin to act in a certain way that actually stops us from engaging fully in the world. It stops us from engaging in relationships fully because we show up sort of halfway. That's what I do anyway. I don't show up fully, I show up halfway. Because if I show up fully, then I'm going to believe the vow that actually everything that I bring to the table isn't worth sharing anyway. So I'm going I'm to show up halfway. And when I do that, you don't get to know who I am fully. You get to know me halfway. And it keeps, so it keeps us from relationship. It also keeps us from relating fully in the mission and the kingdom of God. So as Jesus says this here in Matthew 6, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. We often think that, yeah, that's about money and those rich people, and that doesn't have to do with me. Well, we don't realize that the treasures of our hearts have been shaped and molded and pushed in a certain way by the covenants and the agreements that we've made in our hearts over the years. So our treasure might be just to be accepted. Our treasure might be to be wanted. Our treasure might be for someone to think that I'm amazing. So there our hearts are found as we wake up. Jesus says, there's a different translation, show me your treasure and I'll show you where your heart is. 
So would you imagine with me as we begin today what it might mean for you to be able to fully show up in freedom. Take a deep breath. To show up without any fear or anxiety. To wake up in the morning and not think dreadful things, but to think hopeful things. To wake up and to know that your treasures and your heart are found in the most peaceful, purposeful place in the whole wide world. And that you are fully loved. Would that be amazing? That's where we're headed. That's what we want. You don't need to be spectacular to be loved. So these temptations, I want to read them for you in this interaction that Jesus has with Satan himself. This is Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Do you know that sometimes we might be led into the wilderness to be tempted? We might think that temptation is a sin, and so we think no way the spirit could be associated with temptation. But let me just short-circuit a horrible belief that we have as followers of Jesus, is that the second that we're tempted, we have sinned. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And what does that lie do to us often? It makes us ashamed. It makes us feel guilty. It makes us feel unworthy. It makes us feel like God saw me in the dressing room. That's such a weird thought. In the dressing rooms of our minds. And we get embarrassed. We start to shut ourselves away from God and from people. Just because we were tempted. Just because a thought entered our mind maybe from our past wounding, maybe from the enemy himself. And we think, oh, I'm broken, I'm bad, I'm unworthy. But listen here, and, and, and for the rest of, of you, let me preach to myself here. When we're tempted, it does not mean we have sinned. It means we may have been led by the Spirit of God to address some of the woundings, hurts, some of the lies that the Lord wants to strip away from us in order to call us to be fully engaged in the world. So Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus is not ashamed of this. And he's not afraid of this. In fact, he engages even further. After he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights... Then he became hungry. Now at this point, we should be telling Jesus, Jesus, what are you thinking? You should be as strong as you possibly can. Get Just don't be frustrated by being hungry. Don't you know what it's like, Jesus, when you're tired and you're tempted? It's so much worse. When you're hungry, you're hangry. Jesus, come on. Have a Snickers. But no, he fasts. This is not out of control. This is not under some sort of compulsion or guilt or shame. Jesus intentionally strips away every single bit of satisfaction he could get in order to be tempted well and addresses temptation well. God's speaking to some of you about fasting right now. 
He became hungry after 40 days and 40 nights. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, questions his identity. None of you know about that. If you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Some of you got this temptation before. If you're a real Christian, then why don't you just pray and it should be all better? Why are you feeling depressed? Christians don't get depressed. Ooh. But he answered, It's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So his temptation to be relevant, to be able to show up with something more instead of being fed by the mouth of God. As God's words change us, as when they speak to us, we become free. Then the second temptation comes, Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. The temptation to be spectacular. The devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. The temple. We're not talking about a synagogue. We're not talking about a religious place. This is the center point of all faith. This is where faith develops, where it happens. It's where the holy of holies is kept. This is everything. This is where the devil takes him. And he treats it like a monument to be defaced. To a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. No, sorry, I'm in the wrong verse. To the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, questions his identity again, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so they won't, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, to, the scriptures also say, don't test the Lord your God. So let's unpack this just a little bit because there are a few of us that are called to do some dangerous things with God. There are some of us that are called at 2 a.m. to go into some deep, dark places of the city and knock on doors and interrupt fights and rescue people from hard places. There are some of us that are called to go into Thailand and physically rescue those in human trafficking. There are those of us that are called to do some very, very dangerous things. Is that what Jesus is talking about? Is that the temptation that's going on here? No. What about making a good amount of money? What about having a successful business? What about having a great career? Is that the temptation that's being talked about here? Some of us are called to do great things. Is there something wrong with that? To risk, to make an investment, to jump into something that could make a big, big difference in the world. Satan saying, well, jump. Because you know the angels are going to protect you anyway. Why does Jesus say and quote the scriptures, you must not test the Lord your God? I want you to, to learn a word today. You've probably heard it because it's a religious word and we say it in all kinds of different ways. It's the word glory. Glory is not just a word you say in the South when food is good. <laughs> glory. 
It's not something you say when something heavy falls on your foot. Not just. I mean, you can say that too. Or when you see somebody attractive, you think, glory! Glory, as it's explained and articulated in the scriptures, has a lot of different meanings. Glory, in a very silly way, is uh, the way that a king is described in how heavy he is, not in like gravitas, but like he's just got a lot of weight on him. So much weight that when somebody tries to assassinate him, the dagger gets caught up in the layers of his fat. He is glorious. That's a biblical term. There's another glory that talks about like brilliance and shining and, and a sense of like awe and inspiration, but like uh, uh, in, in the sense of, of like uh, something spectacular, but like it's something that can be felt and seen. But there's another kind of glory that has to do with like when you walk up to your favorite baseball player to get his autograph. And you feel super nervous and excited. We got to go to a Spurs game the other night. And uh, somehow I got to know a coach for the other team. I was so bad. I'm at the Spurs game at the invitation of a son's coach. And uh, (laughs) that's how good of a pastor I am in San Antonio, I guess. And we have these special tickets that we get to go down after. We get to wait while the cleanup crew comes down. We get to hang out. And I see, as we're waiting... These adults and kids that are, are taking off their shoes, they've got posters, they've got whatever they can in order to get as close as they can to their favorite basketball player for them to sign it. And the basketball players, so full of glory as they walk off the court, enamor their fans that have waited extra long to fight to get a place that somehow their glory could be shared onto an instrument of love like their shoe. And I feel bad for the basketball players that are holding these shoes that have been worn throughout this basketball game. And I hope the Spurs have cleaned the floor as well. Glory. Glory. We're, uh, my daughter, she's 14 and She's got great taste, and so she's decided to repaint her room. Glory. Glory because, and I don't know if you remember this, when you were a kid, the posters you had up on your wall, the trinkets that you had on your bookshelf maybe, the the baseball cards that you coveted, the special doll that you kept throughout your life, all those things are articulation. They're a way of us describing and living in and shaping the glory that we have here. And you're thinking, John, glory's for God. What are you doing here? Let me tell you something so special about who we are as human beings that should help shape, I think it does help shape Jesus as he's facing these temptations. We have been given the gift of sharing in God's glory here on earth. We are meant to live with the ability to multiply and to create and to do amazing things. That's how God made us. The second that in the first chapter of Genesis, he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. 
This is what God wants for us. He wants for us to, to do glorious things. And so is that the temptation that Satan is talking about? Stop putting skateboarding posters on your wall? Don't test the Lord your God? No. But there is some way that Jesus could have taken that moment and think about where he is again. This is the top of the temple, the center of religious life. There's a way that Jesus could have made it all about him. We do this without knowing it, don't we? How many of you love saving other people's lives when they're doing stupid things? I just, man, I love being the champion and just, oh, it's 2 a.m., you need something? Super John, and I'm off. And it's, wow, I feel so good because I'm needed. And if I came at 2 a.m., you think I'm amazing. The temptation to be spectacular has to do a lot with the kind of glory that's shaped in those moments. We have the power. We've been given the authority as children of God made in the image of God, either to take glory for ourselves, to respond in dysfunctional sometimes ways that make it all about me in making sure that my identity is filled up by the occasion, that someone else will say that I am spectacular, or we can make it all about the glory of God. When you walk into a room, when you plan your day, when you're with friends or family, when you're having a lunchtime conversation with a coworker, what is the glory that you are pursuing in that moment? What is the feeling that you want that person to leave with? So often, the way we've grown up and the woundings that we carry, all we care about is what is popularity. It's a temptation that keeps us from being fully engaged. I'm going to read this again. The devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and he said, and he questioned his identity. Okay? So this is the temptation. It's the questioning. Raise your hand if your identity's ever been questioned just in your own mind. It's here we are, okay? You wake up in the morning and you think, who am I? Can I do this? If you're the son of God, prove it. And that lie becomes the temptation that we face throughout the day. Can you prove your worth to the world? After all, when you go and you make yourself famous, God will take care of you. You don't have to worry about a thing. Make sure people like you. Maybe the gospel will be preached easier if they, if they think you're amazing. He'll order his angels to protect you. They'll hold you up with their hands, won't hurt a foot on your stone. And Jesus said, don't test the Lord your God. What's the test? What's the test? 
I'm going to tell you a couple of answers. One is, don't test where the glory of God belongs. The glory of God belongs with God alone. Don't test that. Don't test me jumping out and make a, spe- a spectacle of myself in front of the whole religious center of the world. Don't test me being the, the center of attention in this place where God demands the glory and where he deserves it. Don't test that. But also, don't test the appropriate identity that the Lord has given me just because he loves me. Don't you dare test that. Because God loves me, I don't have to be spectacular. And I'm not going to jump here to prove it. I know he loves me. I know my identity is secure. Do not test the Lord your God. There's another temptation we'll face next week, and I hope to face it with the help of some elementary school students that will make it very impactful, so you want to be here next week. Following Jesus means facing this temptation, and it may mean facing this temptation every day. This is not a place of shame, but it's facing this temptation, battling it, and overcoming it. Battling it and overcoming it are not for us, for Jesus It was absolutely his job, and he faced it. This was part of his incarnation. He became one of us. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He intercedes for us, the scripture says. Jesus prays for us. But this battle is not meant to be done as a hero faces a battle alone. Even Marvel has the Avengers. God has given us the blessing of a church. God has given us the blessing of the body of Christ. And there's something so beautiful about the body. Here's one thing. The scriptures tell us that if we're part of the body of Christ, God fills us with his Holy Spirit. And with that spirit comes gifts, comes mission, comes power. And so as we engage the body of Christ, as we become part of the church, We don't have to worry about our identity and more or being spectacular. We're trusted and we're entrusted into how God shapes the body of Christ. And so we get to live in that with a ton of freedom. We get to fully engage without any fear. We're loved for who we are. And we get to be part of God's family. The other thing that we get to do is partner with people. Not only did Noah collect the animals two by two, but Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. And you might be thinking, well, that means that I need to get married if I'm single and all this kind of stuff. If I'm not married, then I guess I can't be part. No, hold on a second. Part of the blessing of the church is getting to meet other people where you get to partner together and do ministry together. You see, the call for us that Jesus talks about here in his temptation is the call to go from popularity to ministry. It's from popularity to ministry. We're not focused on us getting the glory. We're focused on God getting the glory. But one of the most beautiful ways that gets to happen is when we go out two by two. Small groups are going away. Alpha is going to be like the volcano of small groups. It's a, in a good way, not a bad way. That's, it's going to be the most amazing kind of small groups that we can have. Where we're all coming together. There was a beautiful team this past week of 20 people that all came together planning for Alpha. Talking about how it could be a most beautiful place for people. For you to bring your friends. Because when they see us with one another, when the world sees us with one another, they see that our definition is not for us to be spectacular. In fact, the world gets to see how much we're loved in the midst of our brokenness. 
And I got to tell you, in this kind of world, we need more spaces where people are allowed to be broken and loved in our brokenness. There's too much pressure. Do you know how many millions of dollars people are getting for YouTube channels? If that's you, please tithe. But if I'm thinking there's so many people that have amazing Instagram channel, TikTok, YouTube, making millions for being spectacular on their own. And so the temptations dropped on us day after day. Why can't I do that? Why are they special and I'm not? You know how many people can add up to that on their own? And God bless them if they do. They're going to need all the help in the world. And the other thing that comes with Facebook and TikTok uh, popularity is also suicide these days. We're seeing so many not knowing what to do when then they do become spectacular. They have to keep proving it to the world that they are. Instead, what if we became a community of ministry where we, we, we made sure that we were coming together as much as we could with one another and with our friends that have no perspective of what the church could be and showing one another that we don't have it all together, but we are so loved. That we don't have to do flips and walk on tight ropes and, and prove that we are amazing in order to live a life that's full of flourishing we don't have to be Instagrammable. Psalm 115 says this. This is David, and he's, he gets it. It's another way that we see his glory, God's glory, not to us, O oh Lord. Not to us. God, any temptation for us to have to carry our own glory, that it's not given to us by you in the right places. Any temptation, God, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory. Why? Because he loves us. He's so faithful no matter what is going on, no matter how broken we feel. He invites us. Can you, again, imagine this place of freedom, of waking up in the morning, not overwhelmed with anxiety with how you have to prove yourself to anyone or anything, but you are waking up overwhelmed by the glory of the faithfulness of God. And instead of trying to work up our own glory, we get to rest in God's glory. Hallelujah, God. There's nothing worth more. Today, there was a whole team of people praying for you because God loves you and we don't need to be embarrassed about brokenness, do we? Some specific words they felt like God was saying for you. Your heart's too cluttered, your mind too busy. And I'm going to add to that, I've got more for you. Someone who's got a headache God knows, and he wants to heal you. God wanted to say, I have a perfect design for your life. Someone that's been resting with the concern for a family member or a friend. Somebody trying to discern how to relate between racial issues between people of different races. Someone with leg cramps. God cares so much about these things. It's 
We don't have to be embarrassed if we're trying to work things out, trying to figure things out. God wants to just welcome us in, invite us into his glory, and we don't have to worry about a thing. prayer team is available for you in this front corner to listen, to invite God's presence and let God deal with whatever's going on emotionally, physically, or spiritually. God wants to share his love with you. We're going to worship one last song and uh, it may be you just want to stand and just begin to give things to God. You may want to see a prayer team this morning trains to, to just be with you this morning. Let's worship together. I'll come back and close this out.
Well, would you receive this blessing as we go out today? May you be able to go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, full of the freedom that only God can give by His glory resting on us. That as you go out, people would see His glory on you, be attracted to Him and want it. That you'd be able to partner with others in your brokenness to know that you're loved without being spectacular. That you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit to do all these things. I bless you in Jesus' name.